So is radio even a thing anymore? Like, are is that do those people? I mean, I I'm good friends with um I can't remember his his radio name. His name's Greg. Actually, I think he goes by Greg, but his last name is something else. He's one of the big guys in Tucson. He's bald. Um, he's been here for for a long time. He went to Boston because he got a really good offer, and they wanted him and his wife wanted to live the cool East Coast lifestyle in like a condo, you know, like right in downtown Boston. So they did that, yeah. like got rid of their car and shit, and they were like, "All right, that was cool. We shared a studio for two years. Now we want to kill each other. Let's move back to Tucson." So because there, it was like I think they were paying like thirty five hundred bucks a month for a studio in downtown Boston. You know, Holy God. which is that's cheap, actually. I guess that's like a deal, you know, but he was getting paid really good. But still, you know, they were like, fuck that. But they wanted to they wanted to try it that, you know, um, yeah. And there aren't probably as many radio opportunities anymore because I can't I just don't I can't see radio being a career path or I don't know. It just the only time I hear radio is when I'm in offices and sometimes they have like the local radio on. But most of the time. I hear people streaming some Pandora slash whatever. Right. Streaming service. Yeah. Yeah. When I hear a commercial, I'm like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) I don't, you know, I didn't click on that. Right. Like people are going to Jiffy Lube still who no one fucking maintenance is their car. You remember uh, Ryan Cotto, right, uh, Mike? Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. he still working at KRQ? Yeah, he's still. Yeah, he's still at KRQ. So I mean, it exists. It's there. Huh. I don't know what they do. I mean, I'm, I know some people still actually listen to the radio. I don't know who they are. Well, I just don't know how they generate the ad revenue to make it. Uh, I mean, I think they've cut down on staff a lot. Like Greg, who's he's been in the business for like twenty five years. He does put his show. He's the most popular morning guy in Tucson. It's him and some chick. If you if either of you heard his voice, you'd be like, oh shit, that guy. Um, okay. He's really cool. He's a really cool dude. Um, and but he said he goes in the morning at like four and gets his whole day set up. Like they they plot out their course and they like get all their sound bites and do like so he and that chick basically do it all and i think back in the day they had a production team that did that they they just showed up for for it was a good gig you got paid decent money to work like three to four hours a day and and then pretty much wherever you went you got free meals because people like oh you're that radio guy you can here have some nachos (laughs) you know i mean that's kind of how it was when uh when i had my store up at ina um, we did a grand opening and we, do you guys remember a radio guy in Tucson named Rhino? Is that? Yeah. Familiar? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He, yeah. He was, he was like, on KFMA, I think. Yeah. He was one of the, like the big guy. So they were like, Oh, we were going to do a grand opening. And they're like, we should do a radio thing. I was like, okay. Cause radio was still kind of big at that point. I think this was late nineties, you know? So, um, before, right before the big change kind of happened and he came out for like an hour and a half or so and did spots in between, you know, music, dude, we had to pay that guy like five or 600 bucks for the hour and a half. He was, that was, and we had to pay him directly. I didn't know when at the radio told us, like we paid for the whole radio. The whole thing was like a couple grand. Right. And, and then he shows up and like, he walks, he's like, Hey, I'm Rhino. I was like, Hey, uh, whatever. And, um, and then he's like, Oh, so, um, you, He's like, who who has my check or something? And I was like, uh huh. And he's like, yeah, I get my my appearance fee or what is like five hundred bucks or something. I mean, he could have been bluffing, you know? Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, oh fuck. But I think, I mean, I asked somebody and they're and they're like, yeah, I guess that you know whatever. So I fucking wrote him a direct check to him, you know. And but that was kind of the gig. If you were a radio guy, you did a lot of ex like you know you got paid for like you oftentimes you were announcers for sporting events or local. You know, like if you ever been to like KFMA Day, they always have a radio guy get up on stage for like two seconds 
And they're like, hey, everybody, welcome. Hey man, this- Mitch and I were on stage longer than that radio guy at KFMV. <laughs> right. We almost got thrown out for that, but. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch is like, I really got to poop. Is this a bathroom? And they're like, get off the stage, fucking little brown guy. Get off the stage. I got to poop. I don't want to poop in the pit. It'll get messy. <laughs> oh, it's real messy in the pit. <laughs> but yeah, I those guys get paid for all that. So Greg does also. Um, he was the announcer for one of the two or three announcers that they rotate for the football games. And he, and he's like, Oh yeah. He's like, I get paid like for one football game. It's like a week's salary. I was like, Jesus Christ. So, but I, I mean, you have, if you're established in the industry now, I think you're probably, but I don't know how anyone would get into it at this point, you know, um, unless you can get a gig on like Sirius or, you know, the Sirius radio, but even that there's how many, how many openings are there? Cause it's not like they have staff all over the country. They have one, one staff for the whole planet and even so that it wasn't just the the remote fee there wasn't just like there was actually like star power fee yeah that you had to pay for first i guess like yeah i didn't think about i mean i guess that's you would, so that's you know you could probably get whatever guy you or gal you wanted depending on what you wanted to pay i just was like what I, all the marketing that i fucking did for the company man you pay I don't know if any, we did TV with a WB 58. That was like the local WB station. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was a waste too. We bought this huge package for like over two months, but I, I think I never saw any of our commercials and somebody's like, Oh yeah, I saw one of your commercials at like two in the morning while I was smoking a bong. I'm like, great. So that's my <laughs> fucking target audience. Pothead wow. bill. They didn't yeah. include that in the, the package. Like it will air during between these I, hours. And no, these actually it did. It, so it had a list. I didn't look at it carefully. I kind of wasn't handling it. The other Dave was. He's the one that was like, "We should do TV commercials," and I'm like, "Really, dude? Like that's because ex- <laughs> they're expensive." I mean, yeah. it was like, I think we spent like thirteen or fourteen grand for like a like six week, and that's p- pennies. But that was for a local, so that you know the WB is like a big station, but they have local, they you know yeah. obviously local v- branches or whatever. Yeah, I think on the thing it said like you get one commercial between like this you know this prime time and one. But like 80% of the commercials were after 10 o'clock, which might be okay in a computer business because you don't really care if grandma sees it or not. But yeah. we were trying to be more of a mainstream computer store and get the average person. So, yeah, I, I don't... I mean, it's weird because there's like some kind of curve there if you're a retail... Well, you know you're in retail. Well, you're in big retail. But if you're in retail, you kind of got to spend some money to get it going. But it's like... You don't really know where to go, and and of course all the people are like, oh yeah, we're the best. You're you know, and it's none of it's cheap. But if you don't spend, then you sit kind of in the mud. You know, I I don't know. I still think some of the like, well, fuck, I don't know what works anymore. But um, we did the best advertising we did was when we got in those coupon books that they hand out by U of A. If you anytime you're around campus, they always have those little like coupon books. That was the best because those were cheap, um, and I, and now. Uh, I don't even think you market now. I think now you just pay some 12-year-old kid to go on Yelp and put 17 <laughs> fake reviews up for you, right? And then he's on Instagram and Twitter t- tweeting you out. I think that's that's probably where, too. Dude. Dude, spe- so ch- speaking of Instagram, this is how old I've gotten. Um, <laughs> and now the next feature, how old are you? <laughs> right. It, um, so I'm at the gym, and one of the guys that's been working really hard, he's, um, he doesn't really do a lot of CrossFit. He does a lot of weight stuff. He's been getting just getting really strong because he's in his 20s, and you can do that before your body falls apart. And uh, so he was doing... He was walking with the yoke mic. You know, mm-hmm. Mitch, you might not know what this is, but you basically... 
it's a horizontal bar across your shoulders with this kind of big contraption that hangs on that bar. And then imagine it has four corners and in each corner you pile a bunch of metal plates. Okay. So you're, and you stand up under it in the middle. So it kind of swings on your back on this horizontal bar and you walk with it. It's, um, not exactly great for your body, but it looks cool when people do it. So anyway, he's doing a whole pile of weight with this. And, uh, he's like, Hey, fil- can you film this with my phone? And cause he's been trying to watch, watch his form and see how he looks. I'm like, sure, dude, whatever. So he walks back and forth and then I hand it to him and I'm like, I'm like, is this, this is for all your fans? And I'm just joking. And he's like, Oh yeah, it's for the gram. And I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, what? Yeah. So, he goes, I, so my first word out of my mouth is what? Cause I, I was like, I wasn't sure I heard it. Right. And he's like for the gram. And I was like, and this is what I said. Oh, you got one of those? And what I meant was, you still have a grandma that's alive and not yeah. dead. Grammy. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's like, he's like, yeah, I do, but I don't have a ton of fans. And I was like, what is going on right now? <laughs> His fucking grandma has fans? And then I go to the bathroom to wash my hands, and I was like, oh, that one thing with the, yeah, okay. And I walked out and I was like, yeah, fuck. I was like, you got a gram? I was like, fuck. I really only use Instagram for my professional stuff. And then I use um, Facebook for family and friends stuff. And then I have a Twitter now for my podcast show on your Ruminations Radio Network there, Mitch. Oh, hey. (laughs) And you use what for that? Use Twitter? Twitter, yeah. Isn't Twitter just for quick messages, basically? Like, it's marketing though. Like a lot of if you're like the stuff that I follow, movies, movie creators, uh, anime, like video game content creators, they're all on Twitter. So it's real easy to find and follow them on there and see what they're up to. And then effectively, YouTube has become social media. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like a real. It's quite the search engine at this point too. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Google bought them, the only, the downside to that now is you look up anything and it's the first six hits are a video now. And I, that's annoying. I almost wish I could, there was a checkbox in Google search that you could check, don't show YouTube results. Or maybe there's, (laughs) maybe, well, because when I look up something like an owner, like, how do you do this? I, I want five steps, not a nine minute video. Everybody makes videos now though. Yeah. Cause there's right. Cause there's money. Right. So, and the first three minutes are sponsored shit or the person talking about how cool their fucking earwax is. I'm like, dude, get to the part where I know what I'm doing. That's why I get a kick out of people that have $300 headphones and then they're streaming on Spotify. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, what was that? What's the point of that? Right. It's just like, you, it makes no sense at all. I mean, if you got anything above an earbud is pretty much a, a waste of money. If you're going to um, do that, yeah. Well, yeah, speaking of music, let's do an episode. <laughs> a, a music episode where let's we just do, talk about No, that's what we're doing right now. Oh, we're doing, right. We're going to do an episode right now. All right. We're going we're to talk about well, the you metal. You should save that other part about Dave's rant about convenience streaming. Well, I'm definitely saving the dick jokes. I think that that's what I'll lead off the episode with. Yeah, the episode should be called Save the Dicks. Save the Dicks. <laughs> Especially, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, you could put a star in for the eye. Come on. Yeah, you know, Save the dicks. The dicks. So, welcome back to Ruminations from the Red Room. It has been a long time, but uh, happy to be here with a couple of the best guys that I know. We're here to talk a little bit about uh, the metal 
and uh, just chat a little bit because I think that we're going to come back and we're going to talk about a few things that um, I'm, I'm really excited to compare, contrast, and just chit-chat back and forth. But So by way of introductions, real quick, let me introduce to you Optimus, also the host of the Retro Futurist podcast, also on the Ruminations Radio Network. Hop, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, sir? I am. I'm thrilled to be sitting here again, man. I feel a little rusty, but uh, I'm excited to do it because it's been a little while since I did my own show. So I'm glad you're you're here, mm-hmm. sir. <laughs> and then the loquacious, the <laughs> the shining star, the brilliant. Uh, Dave, Super Dave, uh, how do you how do you want to be billed on this, sir? Um, I, you know, there's no tax, so you can bill it however you want. Because I, <laughs> I ain't reporting it, so I don't no, care. Great. <laughs> These guys are a couple of the biggest metal fans I know. These guys, we've seen many shows together. We've forgotten a lot of shows together. It's been uh, an incredible metal ride. And uh, I wanted to just start real quick talking yeah, to has. you guys. Yeah, it has. <laughs> and it's, and it's going to continue. I'm excited. You know, the, the COVID going away. Time to get back to the shows. Um, I don't know about you guys, but the last show I saw was the show that I, I saw with you guys in, in Tucson. Same. It was Black Label. Yeah, same. Oh, yeah. February 2019, last? Black Label Society. Oh, yeah. no way. It has not been over two years. Yeah, dude. No, 2020. It was it was the last. It was show February 2020. 2020. Sorry, February okay. 2020. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry, was that right that whole year just disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> Has I know it's I you know it's like that whole uh, joke how you like time goes faster as you get older and I'm like and they then now I got a year stolen from me. It's yeah, it. basically. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd rather be at this age and have that shit have happened than be a young person because like a year when you're five is a bigger deal. Now it's just like it's like a blink of an eye, but yeah. whatever. But so, whatever. <laughs> was it so but was this when is we the longest to, I've go ahead? Yeah, when we went to that black label show, was that right before Yeah, right like before everything the, shut that down? That was like a month yeah. before the lockdown. A month yeah. before the national lockdown. And it Last hadn't really February. hit big out here on the West Coast yet. No, is that? not at all. It hadn't hit the States really big at all yet. Okay. Cause, yeah, because I'm I don't I don't remember I I, I kind of don't I, remember it happening. It's like it's like one of those bad zombie movies where like everything's cool and then three minutes later yeah. there's like two people alive in a in a fucking basement and you're like what just happened? All I know is I was still licking faces at that point and so <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah I know I wasn't afraid of it at that point I hadn't heard I, and, you know. I I checked with the CDC and face licking is not a way to get it so <laughs> you're totally safe I'm safe anyway yeah yeah that's it's the longest I think Dave and I were talking about it at one point maybe but this is the longest I've gone without seeing a live show since. Dude, I was like same. 16. Yeah, I've oh, never yeah. gone this long. Yeah, I'm re-virginized. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's right. That my was poor point. ears are going to be like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, wow, is it always this loud? <laughs> somebody invite Motorhead to this stage? What is this? Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, we've seen Motorhead together. Yeah, fuck. I'm just. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure it's going to seem ridiculously loud. Yeah, I may start drinking again just because, <laughs> just because it's going to be so exciting. Oh, no, not this next show. I'm going to be our designated driver when we go go see Megadeth, but is is that the is so we saw our last shows together. Is Megadeth the next show for both of you guys too? Yeah, I'm not going to I anything until mean, I don't have unless, anything else lined up yet. Me either. I, uh, I don't know if it's going to be. Yeah, I don't know. Unless something Man. comes well, and did know. you guys, since we're talking metal and this counts in that vein, did you guys, I just randomly might have been a Google feed or something. Um, 
Dave Ellison's kind of in a little bit of hot water, but he's been like chatting with some chick online, kind of sexy pants style. And then there's a, some question if she's underage and there's all oh, this. I didn't no. understand it. I mean, uh, we really yeah. don't need that right now, but I didn't understand the the issue. It said he was online grooming her? Like he was yeah. combing her hair? Yeah, well, I think like grooming... Some- in the way, like grooming her to like make her a fan to get her to get you know into her pants, kind of you know that's a term like it's an older term for like they like when they groom someone to be the next prince of some country or they groom you to be the president, right? Yeah. They're bringing and I that term and a guy grooming a girl's I think the in the vein of like to be kind of be a groupie to be a fan to get there you know he's grooming her to kind of bring her on board sound yeah it's a creepy term to use i um, thought but, so because but when you're 56 and you're talking to anyone under the age of 20 it's creepy so i you know yeah. and apparently he was i read his response i just found this this morning he dave mustaine said yeah let's not talk about it it'll all work let's l- wait yeah. and let the you know information come out at least he made a statement you know he just said i'm not worried about it right now it'll all come out whatever blah blah and then dave elfson said um to a, it was just straight up denied most of it. He's like, this well, is all the, out of context. This the quote I read today was, um, it's just two adults talking. Nothing was wrong about it. She's not underage. I didn't do any basic. Um, people are just using it as a way to slander me and my family. And I, when he said my family, that made me think he's got like a wife or, yeah. oh, he does? Oh, fuck. Yeah. You shouldn't yeah. talk to anything with boobies besides <laughs> when you're married and unless it's an old man with boobies like the like we're getting cuz like 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 ours. Yeah, cuz it's fucking risky, man. It's just it's it's especially if you're famous. I mean, Bad I mean news. verbally you can chat. Like you're at a show, you're playing and after the show and some chicks are talking you up and you're the bass player of Megadeth, you should definitely chit-chat, but you don't whip out your foot I said phone and then start fucking giving out numbers to that's just that's just dumb. And it's not like this is new. Like there's been a lot of boats on the ocean to realize it's like somebody else has already fucked that up enough that you should just walk away from that. But she released a video also. Yeah, apparently there was some video exchange. Yeah. So it could get ugly, but um in the long run, I I mean, if they need to, they'll find a substitute bass player for him. Yeah, well, I mean, he was gone for a while anyway, right? So yeah, I mean, the coolest thing was when they played here after he rejoined the band. For um, they came through Tucson for with the 25th anniversary tour of Rust in Peace. Rust in Peace, yeah, and that was still the best sounding show I've ever been to in my life. My (sighs) brother and it was at Rialto. Luckily, after the remodel, when they had the really good sound system put in, and my brother kept turning to me like every five minutes. He's like, "Is this?" is this the best sound ever? I was like, God, dude, this is so good. And uh, it was just cool to hear him play um, Dawn Patrol and play some of the, you know, and just, I can't remember the song where there's like that interlude right in the middle. It's like going real fast and it's all him going, and then the song keeps going. Um, And so that just, because it was him that, you know, played that shit originally. So it was just like to finally see it because I had never, I'd never seen a couple of those songs played live. Um, I was looking at that show. Oh God, that was yeah, so that was, it was so good. I I hope. I mean, I haven't listened to the last couple of albums of theirs. Um, I probably need to play catch up before August. But really, um, you should, man. Like, I I really even the weakest Megadeth album is still, still really good. solid. Yeah, yeah and I you, the last couple have been really pretty solid, man. Especially Dystopia was was spot on. Was hot. Yeah, I I've always sometimes their stuff it it got after. 
Um, what was the album after Rust in Peace? Was that um, Countdown, Countdown to Extinction? Yeah, that was super produced. I still liked it because it was awesome, but that was a just kind of a change from them being like a I feel like- dirty hardcore metal band to a really well produced metal band, and a part of me. I've just shied away from a lot of bands when they've gone that direction, but they're, every time I hear stuff from them, it's still intricate. He still writes really good songs. Their albums are always diverse. It's not like four songs in a row sound the same. Um, so, I think yeah, you're right, though, with the really slick production value, and I think Countdown to it, Extinction was definitely a response to the Black album. I was, dude, did, I was going to say, it was, his, it was his hit album, right? Yeah, Countdown to Extinction. But, but I also feel like... Uh, but I also felt like production value wise but he didn't he didn't rescind that snarl of megadeth like no, it, no, it, no. it still really. had the megadeth in it it didn't it didn't go for commercial sound it hit commercial popularity i think only because it was relentless in its message there was yeah. no unforgiven or nothing else matters right no there was there not was a ballot on that but but the uh holy wars or not holy um Sweating bullets, you know, it's just, yeah. Yeah. it was catchy. Well, yeah. dude, he could, that fucker can write a catchy groove, man. Yeah. <laughs> like every album has four or five riffs. And what's so funny is when you hear it, you're like, even my shitty skills can probably play that. It's always like some little thing. And you're like, I can, and that, and that maybe is part of what makes him cool because some of the Megadeth, I mean, obviously none of the solo stuff or most of it could any average guitar player play, but. Some of the stuff is just like, oh, I could play that little that little riff. Yeah, some of the some of the riffs, right? Right, and you'll play that for three minutes and act like you just played the whole song. But fuck it, that's good enough, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> but he he is kind of the master, and that's why I was saying like every album is is probably worth listening to, and I am way behind, so I'll catch up before August because um, just to you'll hear, be glad you did, man. You yeah, really I mean, will. if you had to make a list of like when people stop making music, how sad it'll be, he would be in a really small group, right? I mean, because he has held... I mean, he's always stayed... He's always had real big political views, and he's obviously wickedly political, and he's he's always sprinkled enough of it in his songs to make his albums have some cool tone to it, but he's not gone over the top with it. Um, yeah. and, and he's always got catchy grooves. I'm always, and the other thing that's impressive is, dude, he's made albums with like 8 trillion different musicians. Like he's had so many different people, but because he is Megadeth, he, the band keeps going, right? It's, that's yeah. impressive. Well, um, the fact that they even like, that they exist at all is just a testament to like his heart, his work ethic and the fact that he just wouldn't let it go. Yeah. I and always, I, yeah. I mean, that's why I, I, you know, I, every, like every couple of years, I'll reread the story from a different <laughs> internet writer of how he left slash got booted from Metallica. Metallica. And I, yeah. I mean, my understanding is, you know, but, it, but in, in the end, we ended up with two great bands. One of them is still great and which is nice. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, we ended so, up with two great bands for about a decade and then, yeah, but, <laughs> one um, great band. so, you know, his alcoholism, I fucking, I raise, raise a glass to you, Dave, cause it got you kicked out. But I mean, that's my, that's the accepted, um, reason, right. That he got drunk yeah. and they couldn't get along, you know? So I can't, I can't imagine it's hard when you're in your twenties and you're a badass motherfucker and everything around you is free from ladies to liquor. And like, how do you not? get kind of arrogant and get out of control on a regular basis, you know? <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. I, I probably would have been like that too. And obviously looking at how he is politically very, very opinionated, um, 
the way he expresses it in his songs and whenever you see an interview, I'm sure conversations got pretty heated with the band when he wanted to go one way and maybe they did. But you do stuff. have to imagine like how out of control you'd have to be to get booted out of Metallica or or like for Ozzy booted out of Sabbath. You know, right. Like I mean, Metallica much. themselves have had alcohol sure. issues. Well, and-, and that's why I think it was that was what fueled it, but it was definitely Dave anyway. But it, and in the yeah. end, maybe maybe he was. It, had he cared enough to stay in the band, he probably would have made changes to stay. But maybe he was like, you know what? Don't give a fuck. I'll go start my own thing. I yeah. mean, how long was he out of Me- Metallica before Megadeth popped up? It Thirty-eight was pretty, seconds. Yeah, six I mean, months maybe before they recorded "Killing Is My Business." Really? Yeah. Okay. Something and that's, like that. It's, it was really fast. Right. So. I mean, the moment he left, he, I mean, he, I was just about to say he picked up his cell phone, but that didn't happen. And, uh, you know, he, he fucking ran over to a payphone. Revisionist history. Right. And, you know, he probably had a line of musicians that wanted to jam with him that moment. So, you know, because they were at that point, right. It was. And that scene, that thrash scene that was happening on the West coast was incredibly hot with with them and Metallica and Exodus and Slayer. Yeah, and Slayer. You just it was a it was a perfect it was a boiling point where it was perfect time to take advantage. Dude, that's good that you bring up Exodus. I think that they are of that era the band that doesn't get enough credit. Like what they're, wasn't they're, the, for, they're forgotten. They're mostly forgotten, I the, think. The big the big three was what Megadeth, Metallica and and um Testament and Slayer. Slayer. Those are the big four that the big they four. They did that tour, right, a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Yeah. And I was like, shouldn't it be like the big 4.5 and you can bring Exodus along in their own little <laughs> van or something? Come on, man. Because yeah. I don't, I think it's because their music wasn't, maybe the songs weren't as like, you don't attach to them as much. But musically, I love their old shit. And they were, they were, Fast if you like, and, want, yeah. I was going to say, if you say speed metal, like, Exodus was because that's a term that just kind of disappeared. I remember when I was first into metal, there was like, yeah, there was there heavy was metal, metal, thrash metal, speed metal, speed, speed metal. Like thrash yeah. was Slayer, speed metal was like, you know, speed metal was Death Angel, Exodus. Death Angel, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I fucking love Death. When doing Death Angel got back together, I had never seen them live, and and I got to see them at um, what's the little uh, the Rock uh, here in oh, Tucson? Nice. Oh my God, yeah, I saw them at really? the Rock, yeah. And that uh, was right after they got back together and I had never seen them. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm finally going to get to see these guys. I remember when I heard, um, their album that has, um, it has, I'm bored on it. And, um, it has this ballad, something about looking through a window. I can't remember. Th- I'm going to have to Is look that it frolic up through the park or frolic through the park, dude. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I, and I was like, what is this? Cause they were so different than everybody else and then when i heard they were like mostly asian dudes i was like dude asian dude metal are you fucking kidding me this is so cool um yeah but i I remember hearing them and thinking wow this is because their music is super super speedy and not heavy at all like not heavy not like mixed heavy it's very difference between heavy yeah well, I, it, maybe because when Death Angel came out, most of us had Walkmans that had those on-the-ear little tiny headphones yeah. that had no frequency below about 150 hertz. So there was <laughs> no point in having any kind of heaviness because it wasn't going to come through on those. Speaking of those, this is a pretty funny story. So, um, like, we all had, right, we all had the Walkman, or I probably, I was fucking, I didn't have any money when I was a kid, so I had some General Electric rip-off Walkman. I wanted that yellow thing so damn bad. Dude, I and, had a uh, one. 
Yeah, yeah me too. I had a yeah. couple of those before I got uh, a Sony, Sony Sports one later. I finally I did get a Sony EQ on the front. Yeah, <laughs> the three band EQ. That yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It didn't do any. The two bands on the left no. didn't do anything. The other one was just a link to volume, so you thought it sounded better, dude. Like those old. Uh, I'll come back to this, but like those. My brother had a Sanyo boombox, dude, that had the EQ on it where every two bands slid together, so it seemed like it had more bands. Do you guys remember those? Yeah. <clears throat> it looked like it had like a 10 band EQ, yes. but if you moved up the lower band, it, like they were in groups of two. So it just had yeah. more sliders on it. Oh man, those things were awesome. They would also last about an hour and a half on 12 D cell batteries, which sucked. But, um, so, so I would listen to music in my room and I couldn't play my boombox because my parents didn't want to hear Slayer while they were watching the evening <laughs> news. So I had like I had ADD before they called it ADD. So I would get home from school and do my homework and then I had a rocking chair in my room. And in fact, I rocked so hard in that it was my grandma's rocking chair that we got resurfaced whatever you call it. I rocked so much in it I broke the springs. They had to have new springs put in it. But I would sit in that chair and listen to Slayer and Exodus at whatever volume my poor Walkman with two double A's could put out with the headphones. My dad would come in from the living room and my door in my room was shut and be like Turn your damn music down. I can hear it. And so, so yeah, that's, yeah, I blew my ears up. So now when I go to bed, it sounds like there's an ocean trying to fight through my earlobes. But, oh, dude. It's, yeah, <laughs> but that's why I wear earplugs at concerts. I'm trying to save that last little moment of, of hearing. But, um, I did start, I think, after one yeah, Aussie show that, too. I, that I, I was in maybe 96, uh, 97, and I was up front and I was turned to the side. And my head was just like pointed straight at the stacks. Oh no! And my head didn't stop ringing for two or three weeks, and I was like, "That's it." I'm yeah, head, yeah. Between the band me. years and going to shows, I I was like, "I gotta start wearing earplugs. I yeah. can't. I'm gonna be deaf." I got no shame. I don't care. Like the the young kids can can point and make fun if they want, but I'm gonna <laughs> save my hearing if I. Can. Oh yeah, I don't. My brother still doesn't wear. It. He's a little. He hasn't listened to really loud music as much and doesn't. He's like, oh yeah, when I the next day my ears because the concerts now, strangely, I think they're louder, but because the equipment is better, it's yeah. cleaner and it yeah. doesn't bother you. Like it doesn't. It's not all that squealing. Yeah, <laughs> and just just the. I mean, you know, it just it's. Cl- cleaner and it's, the amps aren't being pushed as hard because they're more efficient and uh, that helps but he's still like he's like yeah it doesn't bother me the next day it's gone i'm like dude if i if i forget earplugs at a show i'm for two or three days i'm feeling it now so i i have a pair in my car i keep it like they're all over the place because i just i i refuse to give a, i don't want to be my grandpa you know what they all say fantasy football is like a box of chocolates And I know you. You love fantasy football. And you love chocolates. Well, 25 Yards Later is a fantasy football podcast with top-notch analysis, earworm music, and plenty of laughs. Each week we dive deep into four games, putting every fantasy-relevant and occasionally fantasy-irrelevant player under a microscope. Block out all the haters with 25 Yards Later, available wherever you get your podcasts, but maybe not where you get your chocolates. So yeah, I, anyway, uh, I guess my original twelve minutes ago thing was I just I love Exodus. I'm I don't know why they didn't. Did, were they later to the game? I mean, originally, no, uh, I mean, no. Kirk Hammett was I mean, from Exodus. Right. I just yeah. I just don't think they caught for whatever reason they didn't catch fire. I mean, Toxic Waltz is probably the biggest song anybody ever knew, right? 
and that's the only song anybody ever knew and i think that was their one chance and that but at the time that that song hit i mean we were in peak thrash metal I mean, yeah, there I was, think you're everybody right. was on the scene at the time. Megadeth, Metallica, Slayer, Testament, Anthrax, DRI was making a comeback. I mean, there were so many bands in that scene at the time. Nuclear Assault, you remember those guys? Dude, yeah. yes. <laughs> Nuclear Assault. Flots, Flots and Jetsum. Yeah. Um, Halloween. Hell, oh my god, yeah, Halloween. Dude, King, Halloween King, is on the Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> I know. King, King Diamond was in the midst of peak popularity. Yeah, um, you, you might be right, you know, because they they also they were a little behind the big four, um, and they ended up opening for them a lot. And I think, you know, when you open, that means people don't, they come late, they don't see you. You're, all, of course, intentionally yeah. mixed shittier, and your volume is low. So they kind of missed maybe it would have been smarter for them. And, and like, let's say you and I, uh, the three of us were in Exodus and, you know, Metallica was like, Hey, you should open for us. We'd be like, fuck. Yeah, we will. It might've been smetter better for them to go. Uh, that's cool. Thanks. We're going to, you know, do some do smaller, smaller venue head. Yeah. But, but do you want to turn, you're not going to turn that down. You're not going to say no. If Slayer's yeah. like, Hey, we need a, we need an opener. You're going to be like, hell yeah. You know, even if you, you know, want to be, you know, that thing, um, they, they're yeah, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, Slayer is no longer touring, which is kind of sad. Um, hopefully, they'll do a couple one-offs here at some point. But I've everything I've read is they literally don't even want to do like one-off. They're totally done. But um, you know, Gary Holt played from Exodus played guitar for them to replace Hanneman after he died yeah. for years. Um, and he even he even wrote some stuff for them. You know, he said I hung out with the, you know we played we toured I learned with the band and then I helped write because he writes. He's basically he is Exodus, like Dave Mustaine is Megadeth. Yeah. He writes all their stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess. And and they, in fact, they have a new. I just saw something. I think it might be out now, or it's coming out soon. They have a new album out. I know. I, I hear, heard a couple songs. They they threw a few songs up online, um, and it sounds just like old. They've never changed. Like they mm -hmm. have not. They no. have not evolved at all. They've stayed old school thrash, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Some of the best bands they have that sound, and it's awesome. They, like Iron Maiden never really changed its sound; it evolved a little bit. Megadeth kind of kept the same sound. Some of these, some of these bands that I think that we all love, they they stuck to their guns. They're like, "This is our sound. This is what we do." They may become better players, or you know, lineup changes force a little bit of a different sound, but they're not like that other band we were talking about earlier that decided, Hey, let's change yeah. everything for no good reason. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's they like did they, have a good reason. They're, 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 well, they had a financial reason. Well, yep. <laughs> that's not the good one reason I'm talking about. I'm talking about the good influence of uh, the late great Cliff Burton. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that you know, I don't know them. enough about you guys are probably better than that. I don't know a lot about their early era and how much, he was to the band at that time and how i mean so they lost him during yeah so and then i mean i guess they i mean to, they moved to san francisco for him he he's that he, he's that good and if you look at the early albums with the, the writing credits and the topics, and if you listen the to the bass playing, you know, dude, I'm sorry, yeah. none of the bass playing after he was gone ever was as good as the bass no. playing when he was in that band. No, I wonder if part, yeah, I mean, how much of that was also bands got away from the bass player being super important? 
Like if you listen to Rust in Peace, if you listen to So Far So Good So What, or some you know some of the older Megadeth or any of the like you could distinct even though the recording quality was not nearly as good, you could really distinguish the bass playing in every song. Um, and I'm not a big bass guy because I'm a guitar player. Well, I'm, I'm air quoting. I'm a guitar player, so you know I I listen for that. And who doesn't like some guitar? But I I love the sound of bass, and I love I love the you know it, that might be part of why I like metal because it's one of the few musics where the bass player is a big part of the music. But that era of music, the bass player was, and and you know, and then you have bands like Slayer where the the front man is a bass player. Mm-hmm. So so you had the bass out there a lot more, and it seemed to go away as as metal evolved, you heard less of it and it was less of an important, I, like new you know bands. What I, I I mean, would, some bands don't even have bass players. They have I would guitars. equate that to metal bands catching on to figuring out newer tunings where the down-tuning. tuning got so, the down tuning got so low, the guitar might as well have been a bass at the same time. I mean, yeah. true. Some of, that, some of that tuning is so low, it's like, you don't even need it. What's a bass player going to do with that tuning? They just got three guitar players. Well, and the guitarists <laughs> from that early era were playing up in the top ranges of their guitar, right? Because there was, you look at, they were playing lots of high pitch stuff, a lot of solo stuff, a lot. So they left the bass player to handle that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, the and low then they, end, right. Yeah. Yeah, they added the seventh string, so they had that whole extra. Yeah, maybe it just got it was the just the, just evolved out of it, and it's not not a good thing necessarily, not a bad thing. There's lots of plus and minus, but yeah, it just got to a point where it wasn't it wasn't as big a fixture, you know. And I don't know. I, I mean, you just won't hear a song like Dawn Patrol again. You won't hear that just where the bass is like a a focus of the song. In the yeah. newer metal, you don't. I mean, there's some bands that are really good, and of course, bands like Iron Maiden have always done it because Steve Harris is such a key to that band. But like Hop, one of your big bands, Gojira, that you, that you can hear it there. But they're they're musically just you know a different type of band where their their music is so so amazing. Yeah, their new album's really good. We haven't yeah. fired it up yet. It's really I haven't good. I haven't got. I know you're a huge huge fan of them. I heard their really early stuff when they first came out. And I kind of liked them a little bit, but I never got super super into them but i really lean i go through kind of waves but i lean a lot more on the heavy stuff and strangely over the last year i've gotten back into quote-unquote death metal because that's a there's a huge bunch of bands that are doing that again like blood incantation and um uh there's some i'm trying to think of one of the other ones uh there's two or three um there's a band called tomb mold you have to say it slow like that or it sounds like one word tomb mold Tomb mold, <laughs> tomb and I'm like, mold. yeah, dude. Look, look. I mean, dude. And if you listen, and their album covers are like the old school, like uh, just blood. Is it and one of those and... logos that you can't read. Oh, <laughs> there's that stuff. Those guys are kind of the newer death metal. Yeah, some of that where they scream. This stuff is just old. Like it sounds like old obituary or old death. Um, nice. Basically, the bands have gone back. There's a huge bunch of bands, and strangely, a bunch of them are from Canada. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, um, but that old school, like Carcass, and the old death metal bands, like the old Florida death metal bands. There's a bunch of bands. There's a couple in Col. There's one from Colorado. In fact, maybe it. Um, so they probably jam around by you, Mitch. Um, I'm trying to think of who they are. I'm gonna. I'll look them up while we're chatting here. But um, that 
scene has gotten big and by big that mean they have 14 fans because metal is just sad right now but you know they bumped it from a but baker's dozen right well i mean so, if canada is the ones who are like exporting the the metal now then that's you know what the deal is canada never fucking let their metal flame go out so you know if it wasn't for it's for, too fucking cold to let the flame go out up there right? <laughs> <laughs> um, see now that's where we need a sound bite Mitch. God. <laughs> um so it, there's one guy um, that basically over the last 15 years to 12, 15 years has kept the, the history of metal has made. I, um, I can't think of his name direct. Sam uh, is his first name. And I can't think of his last name, but he runs a YouTube channel called Banger, like B-A-N-G-E-R TV. And they, he did um, about 10 years ago, he did a really big metal documentary. It's, it's huge. And um, in our era, he went and, and, and this was, I think when he was like in film school or something, he went to Europe, he went, he got himself interviews with like everybody. Like he went to Ronnie James Dio's house and they fucking, oh. they like, they hung out and chatted and they fucking pulled one of his swords off the wall and were like goofing around. I mean, he, I'm like, <laughs> did you just tell me you were making a documentary? And he was like, sure. Come on over, meet the short man <laughs> that makes great metal. But, um, so he started Banger TV and um, all they do, it's him and like four or five guys and a couple chicks and they just review albums. They have like 10 minute episodes where they review albums and then every so often they have a big show where, in fact, they're kind of, they had a show that I just watched, which is kind of like we're doing. It was him and two of the guys from the show talking about, I think it's metal from 2020, like all the metal. So they sit around for like an hour and just talk about bands and then there's a show where they talk about the history. Oh my God. You've just given me hours and oh, hours of dude, stuff. Dude, the, yeah. the first night <laughs> I, I found it, I don't know. It's been on for years. And check this out. The first night I found it was like a Tuesday night. Oh, no. I stayed up till like four in the morning. Yeah, no, I, I could see. I couldn't stop. So he he did, he spent a lot of time creating basically this history of metal. And he created this huge flow chart. And they actually sell it on their website because the only way they can generate revenue is like stuff like this and if right, you do, merchandise, you do ads. Patreon. Yeah. yeah so um, he goes through all the original metal bands and it's like a family tree showing who came from what. And then they're all in genres, right? Like, and, and it's really, it's really cool. So you can, I, you can go off on these tangents. And I, I did that like for the last couple of weeks. I was just listening to like, you know, the, the old death metal. And that's how I found all these other bands. Um, yeah. Banger TV is, is awesome, but definitely, um, if you go, Oh, I was It's blood incantation. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. I've listened to them. Mm -hmm. So they're from Denver. Um, and they're one of the big, like, yeah, you can't read the font. Yeah. No, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> looks like some bug got stepped on. Oh, it's a band name. Um, but yeah, they're they're really good. Um, and then I'm trying to look up the other bands that are like like them. Um, there's there's one studio, there's one not studio, one record company that's basically kind of supporting these bands right now. Um, but if it wasn't for for the guys at Banger TV that kind of keep going with this, um, it's pretty cool. It's cool to watch their reviews. Um, they're really nerdy. Like I was surprised. I was like, "Wait, metal metal dudes are nerdy." It, well, and what's cool about the guys there, um, man, I'm giving them a lot of promo. They better send me a T-shirt. Is that <laughs> each each, uh, each 
each guy or gal is kind of got a genre they're they're more into so they'll review that type of and they'll go like through the songs and be like yeah and this song it reminds me of you know this album or they'll refer it back to bigger bands and oh they also have a bunch of episodes this is super cool um well mike's got kids um, so this will help but they have they have episodes on how to get people into dot 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 death metal black metal whatever and there's like a 15 minute episode and they're like here's some songs you could play to them that maybe they'll like it's like how to get your friends into metal here's but it's the gateway not, metal that you yeah, need to play for them to get into this it's not like like uh like you know like a church trying to get you to it's they're just trying to say hey like these are something and they're like avoid this album because this just makes babies cry you know stuff like that uh-huh. and, uh, but um yeah so it's pretty cool because there are people that probably would like it if they and and i think that's a thing too if you're not a metal person if it didn't you know attach to you when you were younger if you hear it older you're like what is this shit and then when you realize it's talented people expressing themselves in in a way you know sometimes you'll you'll go oh yeah like i have a nephew by marriage that he kind of liked metal a little bit but believe it or not he was mostly into like um urban hip-hop like you know like the really whatever stuff and i started the same nephew that barfed in the back of the car (laughs) it's the same nephew (laughs) barfed in the back of my fucking brand new goddamn car the first person to sit in the back seat and he throws up in it i was like well that car's done um yeah we went i was coming uh, home from slayer and lamb of god (laughs) yeah dude it's so it's my fault the dude doesn't have any money we go see slayer and lamb of god and he doesn't know the guy's always broke right and um I I bought him beers and in between, you know, when you buy a beer at a concert, you always buy two because it takes forever to get back up to the line. And they're those 24 ounce cans where they pour it into a big ass cup. And I bought him two and then two and then two. So I bought him six 24 ounce beers and they were IPAs. So six times 24 times two. And he right? weighed like a buck 50 yeah. soaking wet, this kid. Yeah. So he basically oh. had a 12 pack of IPAs <laughs> in about two hours. Yeah. And then on the way back, and then he's in the back of the car and my my dodge journey has three rows so it's way back there and he's laying down and you know when you're laying down on a highway at, and you've been drinking it's not gonna go well and then he said something right like does somebody have a bag or something yeah I don't, oh but he but we stopped at like a gas station and wasn't didn't we get a plastic bag off yeah, somebody else? i ran in and got some garbage yeah. bags <laughs> and uh, that saved the car i mean parts of it but it was um it was not good but anyway yeah if you definitely check out some banger tv and uh and the and then dude the dude's documentaries they're on netflix he just released another one um in the last year or two where he went back and um interviewed some of the guys he did from the first because he interviewed oh i'm trying to think one of the really old what was one of the really old metal bands that was really into satanism they're european i can't remember who they were that was like really their shtick and he asked them something about it and they fucking jump all over him in the documentary he actually gets to re-interview the guy and they it's funny now they're at the guy's house and the guy's drinking a coffee so here's this like satan metal guy just drinking his coffee and he and he said yeah do you remember when i interviewed you and he's, he says something like yeah i was kind of a dick hopefully i'll be nicer this time or something um so it's it's pretty funny but it's cool to see somebody really go into the roots and go and talk to because otherwise we don't get to see are the people that we're fans of that much because you know they're not popular people they're not on tv they're not i mean i guess we could go read their facebook pages but it's different to see a live interview with someone and get a feel for them i'm always surprised when i meet a famous famous to us because sometimes metal people are not famous 
but metal people, how totally nice they are. And I'm expecting them to be complete dicks because that's generally how you see famous people when they're trying to be interviewed. They're like running away from the camera. And I saw Prong at the Rialto and they opened for, uh, I can't, can't remember. This was about 10 years ago. And um, so after the show, you know, Tom, Tommy Victor is like hanging out at the merch booth, which the merch booth is the hallway to the bathroom at the Rialto, you know? It's like in between where you drink and pee. And um, that's nice. And uh, he's just chilling there. And I said, hey, man, that was a great show. And he said, oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. And we start talking. Two minutes later, we're talking about his high school daughter and how she's like not passing <laughs> algebra and it's really pissing him off. And I was like, whoa, what? What? You just turned into a normal person. It was so funny, you know? Um, and, but yeah, we. In my experience, metal people are the best people. There, it's I, just, just I, yeah. I just feel that that's just the truth. I don't. I, I might be a little biased, but I don't know. I think that metal folk are, are just. I mean, well, I yeah. Unless I mean, and maybe because metal doesn't get that huge, especially anymore, it they don't become Metallica, and that's nice, you know. <laughs> because just you know, and I remember reading a story about um, you know, King Diamond talking about you know during during off tour, they live. He lives in Texas now, I think, and. He's like, yeah, you know, taking my kids to school in the morning. He's like, got to get up and have a coffee. So I'm ready to. And I was like, whoa, I thought they just worship the devil. I was like, yeah, I thought they rode your (laughs) Satan carpet to school. You actually (laughs) drive them to school, you know? I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that was Instagram mobile. His shows are always so awesome. I got to see him at The Rock, too, which was great. The first time I ever saw him was with like 150 people. And yeah. I, mean, I think it, I was at that show too for King Diamond. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, and and then so I just thought, oh, this is who he is. And then when I saw him opening for someone big, uh, and he had this huge stage with just, I mean, that guy must be like, all right, this is all of our profit from touring. We're going to spend it on our, the coolest stage. Like he, I thought it was really cool. He still puts on a theatrical show, and I remember yeah. my brother being like, does, "What is all this shit?" And I'm like, "I guess this is how his shows are." And we were both like, "Holy crap, this is pretty amazing." Even. My my nephew, who's not into them, because it's just this, the music and the singing is something he can't get into. But he said, "Man, that was a fucking cool show. That guy's cool." And I was like, "Wow, that's that's awesome. You respect." Yeah, that, he always you know? does like that big production for Abigail. Like, yeah, he's yeah. just crazy. Yeah, it it's it's impressive because I mean the '90s '80s bands touring put on big. I mean Iron Maiden still puts on a you know they still have a Dude, big four. Their big last show. show that I saw that was. You went not too long ago, right? Yeah, September 2019, I think. They were up in Phoenix, and they were doing their Greatest Hits Number of the Beast tour. That show oh, was amazing, dude. They I opened up with a that. giant Jesus Messerschmitt Christ. on stage. A giant Messerschmitt, and they opened up with Aces High and stuff. Yeah, Brandon and I went, dude. It was, And it was two and a half hours of Iron Maiden hits back-to-back. They like hardly oh, stopped. They yeah. just did They did a couple transitions, I think, to change out some equipment because they played through different eras. Like they played, some, they played some stuff from the early 80s, then they went into late 80s, and they went into the 90s, and they went back to the mid-80s. And then they finished off with three encores, including Hallowed Be Thy Name. People were losing their shit. It was really <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's I, I think one of the next episodes is we'll definitely have a episode dedicated to favorite shows that you ever saw. Maybe oh. like what was the first show you ever saw? Right, things like that because it, the, those experiences are just incredible. I've seen. I've only been lucky enough to see Maiden once. It might have been 
2016, 17. I don't know. It was, but it was before that. And I wanted to see that show, dude. I remember when that show happened and I was just so regretful I couldn't make it. I've only, yeah, I've only seen them twice, which is weird. I think it's, I never saw them during their Power Slave Peace of Mind. I mean, I was kind of a little too young. Well, yeah, peace we of were, mind. yeah, we were a little Power young. Slave, I could have. <laughs> but, um, and then I, and then when they, when Dickinson left, I did not get into, I just kind of dropped them. Not intentionally. I think that's when I was in the Navy and I naturally. just didn't get it. I like, there was a couple of years where I missed out that you also didn't, was, you didn't miss anything, dude. Right. Nobody, well, and nobody likes those the, couple the albums. world got taken over by Pearl jam and that kind of fucking, right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he, I, Hey, I even was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Nirvana Pearl. I got into it a little bit because you couldn't help yourself. It was just everywhere. And at least it was a little rock and rolly. So I, I, there was a lot of stuff right then. Plus, I, a lot of the metal being made in that like three to four year period, when I look back on it now, was not great. I don't know if bands were all in rehab or what, but you know what um, was weird is there was that there was like this little moment in time where it was like a dirty word, like people just you right. couldn't say you're a metalhead or you're a headbanger. You yeah, like heavy metal. I I couldn't wrap my head around that. I was, was like, that like kind of after the hair metal kind of sh- shut down heavy metal because. It, it, it was did, during right? that and during the grunge era and stuff like even when because i really like soundgarden and allison chains sure of that era you know that stuff was well really they're good. the they two heavy bands of that era anybody says allison chains was blues metal i refuse to call them grunge yeah no they're absolutely oh blues yeah metal. They, they that uh cantrell is just a, a blues guitarist yeah well, well they got pulled in with that because it made of, money to right right yeah, yeah. that first yeah. album face up i was like this is a metal album with a lot of heavy blues overtones yeah, yeah that yeah, I was a big Soundgarden and 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 Alice in Chains too. From that, luckily there were there was that to listen to of that era because the other there. I mean, there was a couple other ones that were decent. It was that music wasn't bad. It was actually pretty cool because at least lyrically and th- the bands wrote about what they felt. There wasn't really they didn't give a fuck about like writing cool songs or well, I mean, I'm sure there were a few that did, but the ones that I listened to, right? They wrote about the stuff that they were into. And they stayed dirty, literally. That I mean, yeah. the whole joke about being grunge. But I mean, part of it was a look. But the metal bands probably really were crammed into a van and didn't shower for three weeks, and they didn't give two fucks, which is really cool from that from that era. But yeah, I don't. I mean, metal and hard rock, that whole blob, the evolution, and now it's sort of in on the way way back burner. It might even be in the Tupperware at the back of the fridge. But um, you know it it evolved and changed a lot. I mean, it's funny to think that metal has maintained and like grunge is gone, right? Totally gone. I don't, are there, I mean, if there are bands, it was a phase. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if there are bands that are touring, it's mostly members from those bands that play some of those hits with their, with their current, you know, band at small clubs and stuff. But well, that's uh, why I maintain that it was still just a kind of a, it was another small little, they were trying to, I, I really you think know, that was a marketing thing where they were just trying yeah. to rebrand. They're like, how do we rebrand rock and roll <laughs> slash metal? Yeah. No, that's really smart. Dude. I never thought about it that way. I, I, now that you just said that, that's, you what think ha- they were trying to pull happening. out, no. pull it up, pull out of the hair. Rock yeah. Air, <laughs> yeah. Cause that was dying. So. Cause mm-hmm. that, that yeah, devolved that into a pile of shit, dude. As soon as Pastor Pussycat showed up, right? Hip hop was on its <laughs> way to start taking over. True, 
Yeah. Um, you know, you had a crossover bands like the Beastie Boys and stuff. and and Well, and that's why it was ripe for the taking, right? Because, yeah, look in that era. There was some grunge. There was the Beastie Boys had just shown up. Um, obviously, I yeah, I mean, I was listening. I had Easy e In my fucking cassette thing in my car was Slayer and Easy e and the Beastie Boys. And, you know, and then, and it really felt like, it, the, you, the music was kind of free for all and anything could become the next big thing. And then, you had like the Rick Rubin mix track, right? Yeah, <laughs> next thing, dude, he, yeah, good point, actually. Oh, that's yeah. interesting that you bring that up. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. So, I probably would blow that guy because I, whatever he made, <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't even really realize I'm in love with Rick Rubin, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and then when the moment corn hit. You know how there's like those, you can remember where you were in life. I can remember when my girlfriend came in and woke me up and said, you have to come out and see this. And it was 9-11. I can remember, I can literally remember the, I shouldn't equate that to music, but I can literally remember the moment I heard fucking corn. Like I can picture the people in the closer room. I was hanging out with a Tucson local band called Itsy Bitsy Spiders because I had a couple friends in that band that I met through Pizza Hut because the fucking trombone player and I were uh, delivery drivers. We're in their studio. They're rec- hey, there, you hey, there you go. That's an extra cookie in your jar, sir. And uh, and um, uh, so the the lead singer. They were taking a break in the studio, recording their first album, and he's like, "Hey, you guys, check this out." And he played fucking the first song off the first corn album, which I don't even think the album was out yet. I don't know how he got it or, and we all looked at each other and I remember, so the trombone player in Intimate Spirit, his, his name's Jeff, but his nickname, and I still call him that is Fruit Pie because um, he fucking pie, likes to eat those hostess fruit pies, which are basically guaranteed to shut your heart down. And um, he, he looked over at me and he's like, this is going to be the next big thing. And we all started laughing and he was like, I'm serious. And sure enough, I mean, they went from nobody to such an overnight sensation. They, um, I, they might have saved w- what was, you know, because they kind of started what new metal would that be? That yeah, era? I would say they they were the starters of that, and they they were bold, man. I mean, they put all kinds of weird shit into it, and that was pretty epic. Um, but that that kept metal kind of going. There's always been as you know bands that have been huge that have popped up that have kind of kept the flames so uh this is the part where i have to reveal my metal confession Uh-oh. Uh-oh. uh oh so <laughs> so you did blow rick rubin damn it i'm gonna be number two. <laughs> no but so like i don't really remember any of that because as metal died and like grunge kind of came and grunge kind of brought back the like do-it-yourself punkers came out of the woodwork and i really got into the punk scene and i just started following all the punk bands and like being a skateboard person i was just into all that and even my band we went we went a lot more like punk or what they were calling like emo core which was like hardcore music but with like songs about girls instead of songs about fucking up the government um so I kind of missed that whole thing. I kind of ignored it. I was like, I don't even care. Because I was only listening to bands that were all on these underground labels that weren't even on the radio or TV or anything. I, I kind of remember Korn showing up on the radio or I'd hear the radio and be like, what is this? But um, I was super into punk and the punk scene at the time and not even paying attention to the new metal stuff. 
I think um, that's fair. I don't if think you... that I ever bought any new metal. I don't. I don't think that it ever really impacted me. What? When? When? What years were this? Was this happening? Was I? Was like the late nineties, I think. This was when you liked. Oh my god! You <laughs> <laughs> don't that's say the name old... on the recording. I'll bleep that out. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I I was gonna not say it, but I, I'm not getting paid, so fuck it. Um, yeah. No, I don't. I mean, so what it. Like that would have been mid nineties, like like ninety formed in ninety three when four when their album dropped. Yeah. So what were you doing in that time period, Mitch? Is that when the eyeliner was really thick? That's when it was really thick. That's (laughs) that's when I was trying to uh, bring together uh, Black Sabbath and The Cure into like a coherent sound with my (laughs) band, and uh, and that didn't work out really well. But yeah, I don't know. I I think that uh, I I was you know who I liked right around that time uh, was more. They're kind of like industrially. That's not a word, but keep going. <laughs> yeah, it's a real yeah. Uh, stabbing Westward. I liked some stuff oh. like that. It was it was it was not yeah, metal, then, like, but heading in that Deftones direction. Tones came out around that time, yeah. and then Slipknot and all that stuff kind of so, yeah. Slipknot up. brought metal back because when Slipknot came out, they were fucking heavy for what was what was going on right then. Right there was not heavy was heavy and metal was pretty dead. And Slipknot came out and they were like you. It's fucking brutal metal compared to what was out. And I remember going to see them open for Slayer at TCC, and um, there were easily more people into Slipknot than Slayer. Of course, a lot of Slayer fans are high as fuck by the time Slayer hits the stage, so they're like, yeah, Slayer, man. But Slipknot, I remember the pit for Slipknot was basically the entire floor. It was insane. Um, And so... I I, th- I mean, they did a lot to bring metal back because yeah, before that, I mean, Corn and then you know Limp Biscuit, who as much as everybody can hate on Fred Durst, he he did some pretty cool shit that people weren't doing. He was willing to try some stuff, and he also put together some cool tours that kept. That was funny when you kept- said he did some cool stuff. That was funny. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you're a hater on him? Whatever. I don't. I don't. I mean, what? I don't hate it. I don't care if you make a million dollars sampling somebody's taking a shit sound. Whatever you do, man, do your thing. But um, the, that was a fun era too because I remember going up to you know I remember the um, what, what's the the Family Values tour seeing Corn, Limp Biscuit, uh, Romstein some of those other bands and those shows were a blast because everybody kind there was a something for everybody in those shows and that and and chicks would go to those shows because of Limp Biscuit. So <laughs> instead of having to hump dry hump some dude at a Slayer show in the pit, at least I had some sweaty boobies bouncing around, you know, so it made the concerts a little more enjoyable. And I and I kind of ventured off during that time period. I got into like um uh beastie boys a lot i mean i really loved you know license to ill because it had some heavy stuff in it but i i like you know i got into other other stuff at that point i got into i liked run dmc i think everybody had to like some rap a little bit because um i don't know it's if you totally don't like any of it of of any style of music besides country then i think there's something you know there's a little bit of something going on there but yeah, I don't. Yeah, you you had a whole different venture, Mitch. I mean, you got into the Cure and that whole thing, and I none of that stuff ever resonated with me. Um, I mean, I like a couple of their tunes, but I never 
never would I wouldn't have gone to a show even if someone's like, hey, dude, I got free tickets. I'd have been like, <laughs> I, I mean, that was kind of I, I was into the cure. I was mostly into more of the other post punk stuff from the UK. Like I love Joy Division, and I got into yes, the cool. Church, but I liked the yeah. Cure too. I went and saw the Cure. Um, and I've time. heard that. Yeah, and my wife just went. Was it a few years ago? Did they do like a? Yeah, they did a big tour? tour a couple years back. I think she went and she said it was great. Um, you yeah, know, but if you, had, I guess. Go what's ahead. up? Oh no, yeah, I've, I've seen them a few times and I've, I've I've loved them. I like Depeche Mode and that kind of stuff. There was definitely a a a, a darker edge to that. Like if that I totally I got, ignored when I was younger. Yeah, but discovered later. I Depeche Mode was really those guys were dude. I had. I mean, during the MTV era, I got into everything. I mean, I'm still... If that you was throw that on, channel that had music on it? Right. Yeah, tell, I, tell us more about that. We could do a whole episode just on, <laughs> on MTV, but, it, um, but we would just cry towards the end, so probably we shouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, if, you, if I still hear a Duran Duran tune, I, dude, I'm still like the, those guys from that era. <laughs> so there was a whole time there where... And maybe that's... Maybe only so much music can. Maybe this is something for some scientist to figure. Only so much music can exist in popularity or in some form. Now with the internet, I I think that's not the case because there's so the that airwaves are infinite, episode. right? Yeah, no, but, that's really something to discuss. But I think my metal. To, I know I went through the. I got I got into metal early, which honestly I probably got into metal. Oh, this is a. I'll, I'll grab back to this in a second. But I got into metal early and then got into hair. Who did not like some fucking Motley Crue even. Theater pain wasn't that good compared to the other album, but you know I'm more like Dawkin and some of the heavier stuff. But I got into that, and when that faded, I you know I listened to a little bit of uh, of all that other stuff too. But I, I think you come back to your roots or whatever resonates yeah. most with you. Um, it's cool the to watch. Stuff lasts, yeah. yeah. And, I, and um. you have to respect any musician that's made something original, and that's probably why you hate Fred Durst because I, I understand that. But I just, <laughs> I'm just happy that he put Family Values tours on, and there were sweaty boobies. That's it. That's all I got to say about it. Thank you, Fred. All right, we can move on. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of which, like the thing, it's funny you say that. So, I, I had kind of like not even paid attention to the metal scene at all. Like at all, it was kind of like whatever. I'd kind of like forgotten that i was a metal fan i had the classic metal stuff. i can I would, almost say I that too still yeah. always Scary. listen to megadeth was always i always had megadeth i ha- had all my megadeth cds and like that classic stuff and um but it was uh in that underground scene that i rediscovered metal it was actually this is gonna sound crazy it was on a, a conan the barbarian message board that i was a member of that talked about the original <laughs> stories they were talking about metal bands and i was like oh and they were talking about this band called the sword that had two songs oh that had conan God. conan references and this would have been in the early 2000s at that yeah I immediately went to Zia. Remember Zia? Remember record stores? I immediately went there. <laughs> Remember blowjobs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the second Sword album had just come out, and I bought the first and the second back to back, and those pretty much stayed in my car on permanent rotation for like six months. Dude, and I then remember I, talking and then to you, I, and you were like so into the yeah. Sword. You would like yep. I could barely have a conversation. You would just use that <laughs> word randomly, you know? Like you can't substitute the Sword in for tacos. You're like, I love these guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, and that that 
took me to Mastodon. That took me to like oh, all no, these yeah. other that that was a springboard that got me back into metal and Gojira. I, I think you, yep. Dave, introduced me to Gojira, and then I was just like, these guys are the greatest. And <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I remember. So yeah, that was that's and that's when we started kind of communicating a lot more. Yeah, I can remember that era too. And getting, I'm trying to remember when I first heard Mastodon. Those guys, they're another one of those like bands that keep towing the line, right? Where it's like there's not a whole lot of stuff, and then all of a sudden you're like, have you heard Mastodon? And people are like there's something that sounds you know because it's you hear metal for a while and it kind of sits in a genre or a style and then it evolves or it devolves and disappears and then you hear something you're like wow somebody did something new with metal and mastodon um they kind of brought back the story stuff like they like you know the ability to tell stories with songs and i was like wow a song could be more than four minutes and um yeah and i never got super into them but i always have had a ton of respect for them as a metal band because they're not trying to be like long hair, bang your head metal guys. They're like technical, well-written, really involved yeah. stories and songs. And, um, and they're and live. They're always awesome. They just sound so good live. And I, I appreciate that. Some bands you go see live, you've liked them and then their show is shit. And you're like, Oh man, it like kind of ruins it. And, and other bands are the opposite. They're, most bands now live are great because it's easier to sound good live. And sometimes it's not, it's not the band, it's the engineer that fucked there it up. There are some you know? bands that I've seen that, that even when they sounded awful, it didn't turn me off though. Like that's, so that they were that good. Even when it was a bad engineer, I've fought through it. Yeah. I mean, if but they sound not. not great, I don't usually hold that against yeah. them. If on the other hand, um, they're dicks when they're on stage or they have <laughs> attitude. I've been to a few shows where, the lead singer was probably too drunk or something and was kind of a jackass. And I was like, uh, man, it kind of taints their. There's nothing worse than being the totally sober person and everybody's totally loaded. And you're like, Oh my God, you're so annoying. They're like, let's go get burritos. Oh, you're like, Oh my God, seriously. Well, I'm going to catch yeah. you guys off right there because that's me. Right. And I just, I, that's always me. And I don't want to hear about how bad I am. You know what though, dude, you have never annoyed me drunk. You just, you are just entered. You're like a Guinea pig with a toy when you're drunk. Yeah, you are, but you need to put a leash on him when he's oh. drunk. I just, dude, I'm just glad I'm not the one fucking dating you because you fucking leave instantaneously. Like, there's some, like, there should be like one of those, you know, those uh, like thermometers on fish tanks that change color as they get warmer, their little blue dots move up. There needs to be a sticky for your arm like that. And when your alcohol level reaches, it changes color. So we know, like, oh, Mitch is about to sprint because you just fucking bolt, dude. And then, the, and everybody's just, and Natalie's like, oh, I'm like, where's Mitch? And she's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. She just makes that Natalie face. So I, don't, I don't know. You know, and then, and then you, but you, I'm you, so lucky. I'm lucky you, she's to put, up, put up with that shit. Right. But yeah, you never get, but hop, hop, you make the perfect point, dude. It's not during the show. Drunk people are great during the show because you're rocking out with them. Yeah. It's the moment later when they're like, take me to get a burrito. And you're like, oh, fuck me, man. And yeah. you know, you know, and they're, they're in, why are, why are you mad at me? What what I say? <laughs> they're in your car, like pl- fucking seriously. You're driving them to get a burrito, and they're playing with your power window like they've never fucking used a power window. And you're like, dude, chill out back there. And they're like, they're kicking your seat. I need some air, right? <laughs> you got a plastic bag in here? <laughs> it's just over at that oh point. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. I really, really enjoyed this, guys. Oh my god, I needed this. It's been great. Yeah, it's fun chatting and talking about the metal and talking about shows. The metal. Oh my god. Well, hey man, it's been a, 
a godsend in my life. Like I really, I often wonder like, what do other people do without distortion? Like what, how do you express yourself if you don't have distortion? Uh, Yeah. It's, it's so key. I still want to do, I still want to do like you and I, I think the three of us talked on this via group text message, maybe even almost a year ago. I still want to do, this is us. We're going to have to break it down in one episode. I still want to do top back-to-back albums from yeah. the best metal the bands. Time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do, yeah. I want to do some, like some... the best, the best back-to-back Maiden, the best back-to-back Priest albums, the best, because right. there's hardly any bands that have, no band has better than three albums in a row. No band. Right. Right. And then I you're, you're stretching. We will, we'll end up the, I'm well, sure it'll end yeah. up into that. Cause, <laughs> cause some bands that have three pretty good ones and we, we got to be careful or we're going to end up having the show right now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just, we'll just, <laughs> okay. let's just, let's just cut it. Let's cut it off at that. Yeah. I'm already for sure. thinking about the notes on this one. Like I'm trying to like go through this and you know, Mastodon. Oh shit. Oh, <laughs> like everybody is mentioned. Yeah. It's going to be, it's awesome. But guys, thank you for taking a minute and many minutes and, and chatting and right on really good. Uh, I can't wait to see you guys uh, in June, August and then August. And then but August. if you want to come hang out with us in June, I'm, I'm available. Hey, Speaking of, no, I am going to see you in June. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm, I'm, I'm coming in like three weeks. Oh, oh I'm going to be down there. Well, that's June right. You said you're ninth. Yeah. You need uh six through. Yeah, that's fine. You need uh, you need you gonna stay at my in my house or you got a place? I got a place for this. Okay. Um, we're gonna be in town and then out. We're gonna go look at venues in the White Mountains. Oh, and, nice. Uh, that's not very metal to talk about right now, but um, yeah. So we're gonna be in town for a little bit. Venues for the future. The nuptials. Yes. For yes. what? Wait, what? Uh, for the wedding. Oh, that kind of venue. Yeah. Right on. Oh, are you going to do it in the White Mountains? Yes. Gonna be, nice, dude. We're going to goth it up. and. Uh, oh, that, yeah. that'll be so. Yeah, as soon as you, yeah, let me know. So, yeah, I want to be part of that soiree. Yeah. Is anybody a uh, registered or certified priest or whatever you got to do to do that? Anybody? Anybody? I think My wife is. Are you, are you shitting me? Really? I'm not. Yeah, she is. Dude, we'll talk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Any reason oh. to go to the White Mountains is is awesome. I fucking love it up there. So my, I like. Hopefully, I don't spend all my money on M and M's, and I can fucking retire up there. <laughs> That's because I miss. I, I miss the season. I miss seasons, and yeah. like, I would love to fucking. We go up there. My wife and I go up there a couple times a year. All though, and no one's done shit lately. We like both love it up there. Um, yeah, that would be awesome to go up there. I was going to say something else about something else, but I totally forgot. So, we'll, well, let's do this again real soon for sure. I, I mean, for real. And um, and the next, should we do it? We'll we'll go ahead and give that preview then to the listeners, guys. Come back, tune in again to the ruminations from the red room. Uh, this is going to be an ongoing series within the podcast, the metal, and we're going to break down compare contrast argue and fight over the best back-to-back metal albums ever released so tune in for that it's going to be really awesome mike thanks again sir oh man it was a pleasure i had i had way too much fun i had a lot of fun uh super dave right on and this was great dude it's so good to hear your voice and and a blast to chat uh metal with you sir Dude, first, sure. this is pretty much what Dave and I do while we're playing video games every night. Dude, you remember, like, <laughs> <laughs> really, yeah, really, yeah. Oh, that's the thing I was going to get to, and, and this fits perfect with that comment. So, one of the guys we play with is Anthem, is his online name, but he, he, we like, we'll be talking about metal or music and stuff, and he's like, I don't really listen to music, and I'm like, whoa. Oh 
He's young. How old is he, Mike? 20... 23, 24, something he's, like And that. he said, so he just recently got married. His wife's from Japan. She moved. They were exchange students to meet each other. It's a cool little story. And she moved around. And he's like, yeah, she likes, you know, pop stuff and music. I'm like, dude, you're... you're like your wife listens to more music in America than you do. Like, how did you, I guess, you know what though, he, the way he describes it, he, it, it wasn't in his household growing up. So it is, it is a handed uh, down thing. And, and I'll, I'll kind of end with this, that, you know, the reason I got into metal is my brother heard fade. To, so in, we lived in Wisconsin and we were pretty far from Milwaukee, but he could pick up at night, you know, at night, sometimes radio stations would come in clear because there's less interference. He would pick up this station in Milwaukee and they, it, at night they played metal and they played fade to black from Metallica, which is about as heavy as oh, they could get away yeah. with. Yeah. And he heard the song fade to black. And he was like, this is so cool. At the time we were listening to, I don't know what I probably wasn't listening to much because this was a while ago. And he went out and bought ride the lightning and it was too heavy for him because he thought it would be more like Fade to Black, the song, right? And he was like, hey, dude, do you want this cassette? And I was like, uh, I don't know. And that was kind of like my intro into real, like real metal. And, uh, you know, so it is a handed down thing. And that's why, like, you know, we do need to keep promoting this. And that's why, like, the, the stuff on YouTube and Banger TV, getting into it. And, dude, like, they're not going to send you a shirt. Fuck, God damn it! Because I'm waiting for you to edit this down, and I'm going to send it to him and be like, "I want a fucking shirt." Um, no, I I donate to them on Patreon anyway, so they, whatever. Um, but but that I'm going to have them on the show if we, you know, I mean, it's like uh, you know, like in a family, it, the the people would hand down recipes. Like my wife yeah. has a recipe book that's her great grandma's that's like got handwritten notes and you know, so anything that's important, you know, needs needs to be handled. And and metal is not just just music it's like a it's a it's a thing so yeah we definitely have to keep promoting it's a it. culture it's, yeah it's a culture sure. it's a life preserver yeah i mean it, the moment you yeah. get inside this this show right when you go to a live show you immediately are like these are my people some of them are a yes. little weird but they're your people you know for sure i can't wait for you to lick my face dude i'll see you in a, <laughs> in a wow i'll see you in a couple weeks yeah, man. We'll Woo! see you soon. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good night. I'm going to go have some food. You got to be quick if you want dick jokes. <laughs> My, My well, dick jokes travel at the speed of light. <laughs> Yeah, it sucks when 90% of your hard-ons are when you wake up in the morning and you're like, just stay with me, people. Stay with me. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Let me wake her up quick. Oh, she's... No, no, no. Don't go away. She's almost awake. I'll come back.